Hey there everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast, episode number 146. And look, today is going to be a little bit of a, a different podcast. I'm not really going to focus on just one movie. What I am going to do though, is I'm going to focus on one movie that's been split into two. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean about the dreaded remakes. Now, how many of us have sat there and gone, oh my God, they're remaking such and such. Don't Hollywood have a great idea for a brand new movie or don't they have some original ideas? Well, it really seems to me that Hollywood doesn't. Hollywood just seems to want to reinvent the wheel continuously. And I think this has happened time and time again with, you know, great movies that you think to yourself, just leave it alone. I mean, you know, you've got movies in the 80s like, or the 90s, like Overboard. And, you know, that was with Kurt Russell and, you know, um, Goldie Horn, And they're remaking that one. Well, they they have remade that one. Dirty Dancing, they've remade that one. You know, it's, it's things that they don't need to touch. You know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. How many times has that been remade? And it just seems to be that Hollywood continuously dives into the well time and time again to remake movies. Now, we all remember the terrifyingly bad movie remake, Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, I mean, anyone, even Robert England has said that that was probably one of the worst remakes he's ever seen. And that was, you know, his baby. He is Freddy Krueger. So you go and you think to yourself, well, then why do they do that when, you know, you can see in that movie particularly that Freddy's face doesn't look right. It he doesn't act right. He doesn't hold the glove right. The 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 whole movie just seemed to be very, very organically made and just it just didn't flow very well. You know, but then again we also have a great remake which is Evil Dead. Now I know all of us are, are very purists with regards to Ash. You know, we love Ash and you know and I absolutely love Ash. I think he's a great, great um hero. But you know, when they remade Evil Dead, I thought, eh, am I going to like this or not? I really didn't know. I must admit, I have gone and bought the DVD subsequently a long time ago. But I walked out of that movie theater going, yep, I agree. This is an awesome, awesome remake. And even though it didn't have Ash, and I didn't, you know, you sort of like, you look at it and go, hmm, you know, there was no Ash. But, you know, it doesn't really matter because Mia came to the forefront and she became the final girl but the really the badass bitch as far as that movie goes and i really did like that movie i've watched it many many times and i get constant enjoyment out of it probably because of the just the the body horror and gore that surrounds that movie plus a lot of blood and guts <laughs> that, you know that's moved into it but you know there is there are certainly those of us in the horror community that are very squeamish and go yeah i couldn't do that i couldn't see that movie and there are some of us who have never seen horror movies and that is a real shame because there are certainly movies out there that i would love to show you know people but it just it just won't happen because they're not able to go through i think i'm desensitized that's probably what it is and i think that's pretty much like all of us we're all desensitized to movies that really get us you know that real blood and guts and gore feeling um we're desensitized to that we look at it and go 
ah, you know, it's okay, no dramas. You know, if someone's, you know, like in uh, Evil Dead, if someone's sawing off their arm, it doesn't matter. Or if someone's, you know, stabbing someone repeatedly with a a needle and it gets into their eye, it doesn't matter. Or, you know, you even think, look at things like uh, the um, Hostel movies. You know, those movies are very, very um, gore-heavy. And you think to yourself... Oh, can I can I really go down that path? Yeah, I us in the horror community that are desensitized. Yes, absolutely. Now, what am I talking about with regards to this week's movie? This week's movie review. Well, I have gone and I have seen a, the uh, original "The Hills Have Eyes" by Wes Craven and the remake of "The Hills Have Eyes." Now, you know the comparison to "The Hills Have Eyes" one and two are like chalk and cheese. I really think that a lot of the um, movie centers around just yeah you know, a lot a lot of it in in the original does, you know that makes sense but this the remake makes more sense than the original and I'll get to that as we go along but before we do I want to just play the trailer to both movies so the first movie the first trailer you're going to hear of the movie is the original Hills Have Eyes and then you're going to hear the remake shortly after that they wanted to see something different but something different saw them first the hills have eyes mister don't take your family back in that area the silver has been gone for 40 years now there's nothing back in there but animals a lot the old creep told you not to get off the road what began as a vacation ended as a nightmare. Be hell to pay now. How was that? Turn the lights on, She thought she knew what the world was all about, but nothing prepared her for this. The hills have eyes. A mother fighting for her child loses it in the worst possible way. I hit him with a tire iron and I split his face wide open. That was a bad mistake. I come back for you later, Charlie. Why are you doing this? The story of an American family who lost everything except the will to survive. Murdered, raped, burned, but not beaten. The Hills Have Eyes. The story of one family's refusal to die. I'm going to get those animals. The Hills Have Eyes. A night of terror. A day of vengeance where no one was spared. No one. Kill them, babe! Kill me! They fought back. Anything was a weapon. A family dog to the family car. It's working! The Hills Have Eyes. The most shocking, terrifying film you will ever see by Wes Craven, writer and director of The Last House on the Left. The Hills Have Eyes. The Lucky Ones Died First.
first people to cross this desert, they didn't know where they were. Yeah, I can, because neither do we. Hey, get up. Tell me again why we couldn't fly like normal people. Don't see too many travelers around here. Where are y'all headed? San Diego. Yeah, have a safe trip. California dreamers. So before we really get diving into The Hills Have Eyes, let's actually go through some statistics. So The Hills Have Eyes was originally made in 1977. So keep that in mind when we're going to be doing some statistics on this one. So 1977, uh, obviously Wes Craven made it, and the film follows the Carters, a suburban family targeted by a family of cannibal savages after becoming stranded in the Nevada desert, similar to, obviously, this, the remake. Now, this movie runs for 89 minutes. It was released on July the 22nd, 1977. It had a budget of between 350000 to 700000 It took $25 million to, at the box office. So that's actually a very, very good return, considering that, you know, it, it only had that smaller budget. Now, we go over to the remake, 2006. And it was it was done. It was actually made off of obviously the original Wes Craven's Hills Have Eyes. Now this one actually runs for 106 minutes. It was released on the 10th of March 2006. It had a budget of 15 million dollars, with a box office taking of 70 million dollars. Now, as I said, you know you've got to look at it in comparison with regards to um, how much these these movies do take in. They both actually made a decent profit. So. You know, you're not sitting there and going, oh my God, is this these movies actually going to make something? Yeah, they did. They actually even spawned sequels. And I haven't watched the sequel to The Hills Have Eyes, you know, the original part two in quite some time. I'm going to be doing that and I'm going to be watching the remake sequel as well. But I will say that the remake of The Hills Have Eyes is the very first movie that I've ever watched that I've literally had heart palpitations while I was watching and I was deep breathing. And it wasn't because I was in the middle of having a heart attack. It was the fact that this movie was really... Uh, the remake just really made you sit on the edge of your seat because there was so much going on. I mean, you know, you got some peaks and you got some troughs and then it goes up and then it goes down. 
And but you know this movie, the remake is just it's just one giant roller coaster. Whereas the original, it it has its moments where it starts to be, and, and look, I'll, I'll get into it right now. So both movies open up in the exact same way. We've got a family traveling across you know the country, and they're going from point A to point B. Now in the original, we've got the father, and he decides that he wants to go into the silver. He wants to go into the to the area where the silver mine was, and as as the uh, the um, gas station attendant says, look, you know, don't take your family in there. There's nothing there. The silver mine's been gone for X amount of years. So look, just keep going the way you're going. Now the remake we've got that you know the they get to the gas station after we see you know this giant bloody uprising of stuff that's going on and we see that um they pull into the gas station and they they're going to from obviously point a to point b but one of the people uh, a young girl that's actually in the the family happens to stumble across a bag that's got a whole lot of ids and cell phones so it's at this stage that the gas station attendant says well hang on a minute you know, instead of driving all the way along the, the open road, look, why don't you cut across the desert? Because it'll cut two hours off your time. And the family's like, oh, that's awesome. Thanks very much. So, you know, we've got the original saying, don't go into the to the desert because there's nothing there and there's people in there and they're crazy and whatever it is. And you've got the remake going, look, go into the desert. It's a great idea. Go, it'll, it'll cut two hours off your travel time. So, you know, we've got that. Now, in the original... We've got the the people that decide that they're not going to listen to what this gas station attendant says and travels into the desert as is. Now, this is something that I find very, very interesting because the way they crash the car in the first one is that there's some planes, some fighter jets flying over where they're driving, and it spooks them enough to the fact that they actually end up by crashing the car. Now, my first thought was, okay, so if you've got military aircraft that are going over where your, your where your car is, there's a military base not too far away. And the fact is that if you've got these military jets that they see that this car has crashed, do you think maybe they might send a rescue you know team out there to see if you're okay or alert authorities? Yeah, you would, but you know it doesn't happen. Of course, when the jet's flying over, the family's all screaming, and this is going on, and that's going on, and it's like really, I I don't I really don't see what's the whole you know scenario of this. But you know, it's only jets for God's sake. They're only flying over you. They're not they're not buzzing your car. They're just flying over you. But of course, you know, and when I when I said the the air force base, it was actually near the Nellis Air Force Base range. So when they do happen to be buzzed by these, well, not buzzed, but when the, the planes go over them, the fighter jets go over the top of the car, you know, the, the car ends up by skidding off the road and crashing. So, you know, you think to yourself, okay, well, there'll be, so there'll be someone that will come through and rescue us. Now, in the remake, obviously, the family is sent into the desert. Now, the gas station attendant makes sure that the people in the hills knows that they're coming through and of course the car's tires are spiked because they let they let uh, they lay down a uh, road spike across the road to pop the tires to crash the car so you know we've got that we've also got the same scenario we've got the two dogs beast and beauty we've got the young family we've got a family that's got the baby we've got the father who was a police officer so we see that bob which is you know the father he decides to walk back to um get some help at the gas station now this is a very interesting way they did this one because when he walks back to the gas station he happens to come across the gas station attendant who engages him in a conversation 
with regards to his family, with with you know the fact that he had a son, that his son you know is in the hills somewhere, and you know so we've got that. And when the son does attack the gas station attendant, you know uh, Bob the father is like he's just like sitting there looking like you know oh wow this is really interesting that's going on on here. Wow, wonder how this is gonna gonna turn out. But he's not engaging in it. So when the in the remake when they crash the car and Bob decides he's going to walk back to go and get some help. That's when he's set upon by when he sees the gas station attendant, the gas station attendant's like, you know, I tried to do my best and blows his head off with a, with a shotgun. And then of course, this is when the father is attacked and, you know, subsequently knocked out and carried down into the mines. So we don't see what's going on there for, for a, a time. So then we go back to the car in the original and the car scene and the trailer scene is exactly the same. Although the, the family seems to be pretty relaxed about the fact they've crashed this car. They're, you know, they've got the campfire going. They've got the dinners are all starting to be cooked. And the family's okay with all this. You know, Bob's gone off. He'll be back soon with some help, whatever. But we're going to make the best of it. So we're going to sit down and have dinner. And so, and then, of course, in the remake, you've got the fact that they're not sitting down having dinner. They're concerned about what's going on with Bob. Why hasn't Bob come back? You know, and... So this whole thing is really being played out um, to the camera's ability, and and I, I really do like this because um, as I said in the re in the remake, you know you're really on the edge of your seat. You don't know what's going to go on because you've seen that Bob's been attacked. Whereas in the original, it's like okay, so he's just standing there watching this whole thing. Now it's really interesting the way they've got this set up because in the original it says that Bob walks back to Fred's Fred Otis's to get help, which he does. That's fine. And as the night falls, he finds Fred who tells him about his son. Jupiter. Now, I didn't know it was Jupiter. I think it was Juniper. I'm really not sure, but it could be that. As a child, Jupiter killed his family's livestock and later murdered his sister. Fred, the gas station attendant, is suddenly attacked by Jupiter with a tire iron and leaves him in the hills to die. However, Jupiter survived and had children with a depraved alcoholic prostitute known as Mama. So in the original, in the, in the remake, we don't really get to hear the lady's name as Mama because we really don't don't see her. So together they had three sons, Mars, Pluto and Mercury, which I find is very interesting how we're going to name them after planets, but whatever. And an abused daughter named Ruby. Now Ruby does come up in the remake, although that Ruby... This Ruby and the other Ruby are both the exact, exactly the same, almost carbon copies of each other. They're, they are um, abused, but they've got some sort of humanity in them. So the family led by Papa Jupiter survives by cannibalizing travelers and stealing, uh, stealing supplies from them, which, once again, same scenario as part two. Papa Jupiter suddenly crashes through the window in the gas station, kills Fred with a tire iron and takes Bob prisoner and crucifies him, which we do the, see, the same thing as in part uh, part two. So I might as well just read this as we go along. So we do see that Brenda and uh, finds Bobby. Bobby is the young boy that's got the two dogs, Beauty and Beast. And of course, we find out that Beauty has been killed because Bobby had run off to find um, some help. We find that that didn't happen. And we do find that Beauty had been killed. And so the, the two return to the trailer. And of course, Bobby doesn't mention about Beauty's death, which he doesn't do in number in the remake either. He keeps saying number two, sorry, in the remake either. Um, but of course, you know, he doesn't want to do it to, because he doesn't want to frighten the rest of his family, same as in the remake. So Pluto sneaks to the trailer and signals Papa Jupiter to set Bob on fire as a distraction. Now, we see that in the original, uh, you know, there is Bob and he is burning. And by the time they get to him, he dies. Well, in this one, 
they get to him, they extinguish him, and they cut him down off of the cactus. Um, and of course, we find that Bob is not dead at that moment. Bob actually does die shortly after, but not immediately the way it was in the remake. The remake is that they, they extinguished him, they cut him down, and he was dead right then and there. Of course, then as the Carters extinguish the fire, Pluto and Mars ransacks the camper and of course Mars rapes Brenda. Now in the remake this was a very very hardcore scene because we've got the fact that you know uh, Mars tends uh, you know says to Pluto that you know you're not man enough to do what I'm going to do and we do see the same thing in this one. Um, they cut the bird's head off, he drinks the blood, you know uh, Mars is raping Brenda um, but you know and the, but before we get to that we don't you know, we get to see the, the breastfeeding scene in the remake, whereas this one, we don't get to see that. They don't do that. So when Ethel and Lynn return, of course, Mars shoots them both. Now, we've got the same scenario, which is that he, he shoots Ethel first um, into the stomach. And, of course, then when we see Lynn, Lynn you know, comes in. Now, obviously, Lynn is the one that they do the breastfeeding scene on. Um, but, of course, you know... Uh, obviously was not going to see be seen in 1977 they wouldn't dare do that and then of course when we do see that pluto uh sorry when when mars gets the uh i guess the knife into his ankle that's when he ends up by shooting lynn in the head but of course you know and of course when we do see that when uh you know when lynn comes in to the camper you know he does she does say to to um pluto you know, uh, give me my baby, and he does actually just say, get out of my way, bitch, whereas in the remake, he doesn't say a thing, he's already got the baby, he's already, you know, he's got the baby, he's gone, you know, so we don't get to see that interaction between him uh, and her, we only get to see the interaction between Mars and, of course, Lynn, and of course, you know, we see that, obviously, after she stabs uh, Mars into the, the ankle, that's when she sh he, she's shot in the head, so, you know, um, of course, we do end up by, and we've seen that, you know, the baby is taken away. Now, obviously, we f figure out that the family is intending on eating the baby, which is terrifying, but that's going to happen in both both movies. So hearing the screams, Doug and Bobby obviously rush back to the um, camper, only to find that Lynn's dead, and of course, Ethel is mortally wounded, and Brenda, well, obviously, Brenda has been raped, and she is amazingly traumatized, which you would be at any given moment in this scenario, because this is a terrifying thing. And, of course, we do also see that we've got the, um, you know, the, the Bobby comes out with a, with a gun, and he starts firing into the um, blackness of where they are, and he's not shooting really at anybody. So, of course, when we see that Mars, now, in the, in the remake, sorry, in the original, this is really quite good. Because we see that Mars and Pluto returns to their their home, which is a which is a cave. Now the cave is never shown in in the in the remake. Their home is an abandoned nuclear testing facility out in the middle of the desert. So it's it's a mocked up stage of of like a um, a town. You know you've got um, dummies of men of women of children. You've got dummy cars. You've got everything that looks like a town. And I think it was to test the explosive capabilities of the testing that was going on around Nellis Air Force um, Base. So, you know, that's where they were living in the remake, whereas in this one, they're living in the cave, henceforth the people in the in the hills. You know, the hills have eyes. So now we do see that Mama chains Ruby outside the cave and torments her and forces her to eat beauty as a punishment for sympathizing with the Carters. Now, we'd, we had seen that Ruby had gone out before she got chained up and she was trying to help 
the family and the dog. But of course, we we see that obviously that one of the um, guys, I think it was Pluto, ends up by um, you know telling Mama that this is what Ruby was doing. But in the original, in this is in the original, where you actually get to see the interaction between Mama and Ruby, whereas in the sequel, in the in the remake, I should say, you don't get to see that. Ruby is essentially out you know by herself running around through the hills and that and she is the sympathetic character in the remake and yeah it's just like this one um of course in the next in the next morning shortly after ethel dies doug sets out to find Ka uh, katie while papa juniper and pluto set out to kill the remaining family members just in like in the original uh in the original god i keep saying that just like the remake but i like it how you know this this movie um you know, we see that Ethel manages to survive into the next morning, whereas the remake, she doesn't. She doesn't make it past that evening because she's mortally wounded with this with this gun blast to her stomach. But we we didn't really see that. Um, you know, Papa Juniper and Pluto were coming to kill the remaining family members. They just left them as is because we did see that Bobby and Brenda were the ones that were going to be defending the camper. So we do see that obviously Doug sits out to find his baby, but we don't see that Papa Juniper and Pluto was going to come back. They always had that thing like they may come back, so let's fortify the area to make sure that if they do come back, we hear them. So now I am going to read the final parts of the, the movie just to get a, 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 an idea of like how it was in comparison-wise. So in the original, this is the original ending. Beast tears Pluto's throat out because Beast is still alive. Brenda and Bobby use Ethel's corpse as a trap to kill Papa Juniper, which they did as well. They put matches on where the door was into the camper, so and they, they put the propane tanks on, so they filled the place up with gas, so when they'd gone into the camper and out through the side window, when Papa Juniper opens the door, he strikes the match, the whole place goes up which they did in this one, the original. They did the same thing in the remake, but let's let's have a little bit of a comparison. So Doug gets to the cave where he sees uh, Ruby knocking out Mama and carrying Katie away. Now, in the sequel, sorry, in the remake, Doug gets to the town. He's attacked. He's put into a meat safe, um, and then he manages to kill, get Ruby uh, to help, whatever. We'll, we'll get to that. Doug catches up with Ruby, but, but Mars follows and attacks Doug. Mars gains the upper hand, but Ruby interf intervenes, which she does in the in the uh, remake. She pushes him off of a cliff, enabling Doug to uh, overpower him. Doug then savagely stabs Mars and continues uh, continues to stab him long after he's dead, whilst Ruby weeps. R Ruby didn't weep in the sequel, and sorry, in the remake. She was like, oh, okay, he's, he's dead. But we also see that Ruby doesn't survive in the, se in the sequel. Sorry, in the remake. I'm sorry. In the remake. She doesn't survive. We'll get to that. Doug, Ruby, Katie, and Beast then meet with Bobby and Brenda, and Brenda extends a hand to Ruby. That is in the original. Okay. Hold your horses. Let's go to the remake and find out what happens at the end. So, we see back in, we see in the remake, the 2006 remake of The Hills Have Eyes, back of the trailer, Brenda and Bobby build an explosive trap which they set off when Brenda is attacked again by Jupiter. Meanwhile, Doug catches up with Ruby, but Lizard, this is the guy's name, Lizard attacks them before Ruby can hand Kath, 
Catherine, not Katie, Catherine, over. A struggle ensues and Doug defeats him with a shotgun. Ruby then gives Doug his daughter back. Lizard, still alive, aims the shotgun at Doug, but Ruby tackles Lizard off of a cliff, sending them both falling to their deaths. There we go. Bobby and Brenda find Jupiter wounded from their trap and Brenda finishes him off with a pickaxe before the siblings are reunited with Doug, Catherine and Beast. As the survivors of the Carter family embrace, an unknown mutant watches them from afar through binoculars. And then that movie obviously goes black and that's the end of this movie. So you can really see that there is a definitely a different comparison between the original and the remake. Now I'm not saying that either one of them are worse or better than uh, than each other. I will say that watching the original was like, uh, ho-hum, okay, I've, I've seen it. The remake was like, oh my God, my heart is almost be beating out of my chest. Am I going to actually make it through this movie? So I really do like the comparison of the movie. Now, on a scale of zero to five buckets of blood, zero being, how do I get the last, let's see, of the original... 89 minutes of my life back to five. It was a perfect movie and I'd watch it all over again for the original. I will give it a solid three out of five. Now, on a scale of zero to five buckets of blood, zero being how do I get zero being I would not watch it again to five. It was a perfect movie and I'd watch it all over again. And if how would I get the last 106 minutes of my life back of the sequel, I will give this one the sequel a solid four out of five it was definitely edge of your seat it was just continuous um it as far as i'm concerned it didn't really let up that much i mean i definitely say that the remake was extremely graphic um and obviously you would expect that because it is a sequel to a movie that was made back in 1977 uh, sorry not a sequel a remake that was made back in 1977. I keep saying sequel because I am going to do the sequel of both movies. So you are going to get to hear The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, the original, and The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, the remake. I am going to complete this this whole little thing that I'm doing right now. But I really do feel that you can see in both instances how they are polar opposites but so much alike. Um, other than the, the characters being a little bit more you know, um, a little bit different, but the same. The running times are a little bit shorter, but there's more involved in the shorter one to more, in, to, you know, less in the in the larger one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of interaction between a lot of the characters that you don't get to see in the remake to what you see in the original. Like when Bob goes back to the gas station, he gets a chance to really talk to the gas station attendant about, you know, his child, about his son, about the fact that he, he was left to die in the, in the, the hills because he'd killed his family. And that's when you see that the son comes back to avenge his, you know, him being left out in the desert and attacking his father. But you get to see some interaction there. Whereas in the remake, you really just get to see that Bob goes over, finds him, there's the gas station attendant sitting in the, uh, in the outhouse, and he shoots himself. So you really don't see a great deal there. Um, obviously, the technology was different between 78 and 2006 as well which is expected you know it's a it's a remake but look as far as i'm concerned both movies do hold up and i think that wes craven when he made the original i think when he if he looked back on the the remake i don't really see that he'd have anything really to complain about 
because they really do follow the same story patterns. Although, as I said, it was really unheard of. You know, in 78, when you see the movie where, you know, you've got the military jets flying over the car and the family gets spooked and crashes the car. You'd think, well, okay, that's not going to be the only time that a military jet is going to be flying over the place. Um, or even a military helicopter, for that matter. So even if it is in the middle of the night, you've got the fire of the of the campfire going. So there's a good chance that maybe a helicopter or a jet will fly over and go, what is that fire there? And send someone to help out. But I, as I said, when they crash the car, you would think that the military jet would sit there and go, oh shit. And of course, they, they would, they'd call someone to go down and rescue the family. In the, in the sequel, obviously, we see that the tires are slashed by the road spikes. So... You know, nobody's going to be around to help them. And and as we don't know, you know, is this near the Air Force base in the seek, in the uh, remake? I don't know. No idea. It doesn't give you a, an, an idea. All they know is that they've got to get out of this area. Um, so they do the same thing. Bob walks back to the gas station and you know the rest. So, you know, the, the family dynamic is a little bit more relaxed in the original to what it is in the, in the remake. You know, there's a lot of tension there in the remake because... Um, you know, I've got Doug, and Doug is rather resentful at Bob because, you know, he's he's very, you know, I, I don't know, there's a lot of family tension in there. It doesn't seem that Bob really um, takes to his son-in-law all that well, whereas in the original, there seems to be a lot more harmonious family dynamic going on. The mother is very relaxed in the original the seek the uh, remake not so much you know she's not the the remake she's not sitting there making dinner for the family and getting everyone to sit down and have a nice meal in the desert you know she's she's not going to do that whereas in the original you know she's very much you know mary homemaker that's like oh you know let's okay everything's fine we'll you know bob will be back let's sit down and have dinner shall we so it really is that dynamic but look as i said both movies are worth watching um the hills of eyes the original and the sequel to the original is found on Tubi at the moment. You can stream that for free. No ads. It's all good. You know, it's ad-free. So you can certainly stream that on that. I don't know. I think The Hills Have Eyes, a remake and the sequel um, is actually now streaming on Disney+. Plus, Which is really interesting because they're such so graphically violent movies. Why would they be on Disney+. Plus? Who knows? But they are on Disney+. Plus, So you can certainly go over and have a look at both of those at Disney Plus. But look, as I said, you know, no neither one of these movies I'd sit there and say I wouldn't watch again. Um I do find myself on the odd occasion sitting down and watching the remake. As I said, I hadn't seen the original in quite some time, but I did see it. I've watched it. Um I enjoyed it, but I'm very keen to see The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Um from the original movie. I really want to see that. And I'm going to watch obviously the the re-release in 2007 as well of the hills of eyes part two so i'm definitely going to do that so you'll definitely hear both of those but i'm i'm very glad to say that you know if i came into the room and you'd finished watching it you wanted to watch it all over again yep i'd watch it with you no dramas whatsoever now look before i go if you want to reach out to me i'm at horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com you can send me direct messages there. If you've got any movies you'd like me to cover, please reach out to me. I will be doing The Exorcist Believer. Um, I know they've actually had some problems with the sequel to that movie. I think it's been shelved as far as I'm as far as I know, because the the uh, the whole release of that movie was not very well received. So I know they've actually shelved the 
the um, next movie in that that line, but I'm definitely going to be doing that. There are a lot of movies that are coming out that I really want to get my teeth into and have a look, and certainly also diving back into the 80s horror movies with things like Maniac Cop and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of movies that I've got that I've got covered that are coming up that I'm sure you'll enjoy, but if you do have a movie that you'd really like me to cover, and I actually had a, a, um, a person reach out to me, and they suggested um the the movie oh my god what was it um the faces of death now i've watched some of that and it is very very graphic but i do like it it's a great documentary series that you can watch it's on youtube part one about two is on youtube um i i actually heard that those movies the the documentary was sort of like staged but i in diving in a little bit more research i found out that some of it is obviously staged, but some of it is real. They never tell you exactly what parts are real to what parts are staged. I guess you can sort of figure it out as you go along, but there are certainly parts of that movie that you sit there and say, yep, that is definitely not staged, that's real. So The Faces of Death is a great documentary. If you do want to reach out to me and, and let me know about a movie that you'd like me to do, like the that um, listener did, so thank you very much for him reaching out to me and letting me know about The Faces of Death. Really great mo um, documentary, part one and part two. So I do encourage anyone who's never seen The Faces of Death to go and have a look at it. Really great. And I was very happy to have that recommendation from one of my listeners. So thank you very much for that. But as I said, if you've got a movie that you'd really like me to you know, have a look at, please reach out to me, horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com. You've also got the Facebook page, The Horror Crypt Podcast, or The Horror Crypt Cafe. So there are ways of getting to me. Um, and of course, I also have my Instagram at The Horror Crypt Podcast. So you've got a lot of ways to get in touch with me and get involved in the show. But as I said, I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it was really brief. It wasn't a huge long episode with a lot of audio um, snippets put into that. But I just wanted to be, have a bit of a comparison to movies that I found the remake was actually quite good. Now, as I said, the remake of Evil Dead, absolutely spectacular. I love the remake of Evil Dead. Um, I have done that on a previous episode, so please go back and listen to that. Not only the original that I've done, but I've also the, done the remake, and it is by far a really great remake, and I have even gone back as far as done Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, to Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. Now, as we all know, the remake to Nightmare on Elm Street was a giant pile of shit. I mean, it was terrible. I really didn't like it. Um, and as we all know, Robert England has wiped his hands of it. He doesn't want anything more to do with that, um, that movie. He doesn't want to talk about it. But it's really such a shame that they decided to try and recapture lightning in a bottle for a new generation, and they fell so flat. So I think that a lot of us who have gone, who were born in the 70s and have gone through the great genre of the 80s and the 90s were really, really... Um, very, um, very lucky and very blessed to be in that era. Because I do see that movies now tend to be reaching too much for the CGI. And these remakes that they're actually coming up with is an insult to the memory of the originals. And I think that us who are able to actually really enjoy the original movies um, are really, really spoiled. And I think that we were born in a great era of horror movies where we can really sit there and enjoy because once again, you know, there was no social media back then. I mean, I remember, you know, trying to find a horror movie 
that I wanted to see at the movies and I had to get the newspaper out and just think to myself, oh, that sounds good. I'll go see that, you know. Um, I remember when Nightmare on Elm Street first came out, my grandmother, I think I've already told her the story before I finish up the podcast, my grandmother was the very first person that took me out to see a horror movie and she took me to see a Nightmare on Elm Street. And the way that we did it is because I was down at my grandmother's place staying for a week on the school holidays or school vacation as they say and I was you know she would say to me okay we're gonna go and see a movie just pick what you want to see and I saw the little snippet in the newspaper of a nightmare on Elm Street and it said if Nancy doesn't wake up screaming she won't wake up at all and I'm like oh my god I'd like to see that so my grandmother took me to see a nightmare on Elm Street now you know, I bless her every day. She's no longer with us, unfortunately, but I bless her every day because she gave me the gateway into horror movies because I don't think my mother and father were really invested in showing me horror movies. I mean, I heard of the, the movie The Changeling, um, but I didn't really, I haven't really sat down and watched that movie, but my mother and father weren't really, they didn't sit down and, and, and watch horror movies with me or they didn't encourage me to watch horror movies or I don't even actually think that they actually did watch horror movies to, to that extent. Um, so I, I really don't know. I don't even know whether they even saw when uh, a, a, um, The Exorcist first came out. I don't even know. But, you know, it really goes to show you that that one person you don't think of might actually open up that gateway to an amazing world. And I have been a horror fan and a horror fanatic ever since. And I have seen a lot of horror movies and I cannot wait to see a lot more. So this podcast is going to go for quite some time and it is going to just be showing you you know, just what great movies are out there. And, and I, as I said, we are very, very blessed um, as a community to not only love this genre of filmmaking, but to really enjoy the old style movies. And to a lesser extent, you know, there may be a gold little nugget in the pile of a remake. But, you know, for the most part, we are very blessed to have the originals. And I, as I said, I was just curious of doing the original to doing the remake and seeing the the, the polarizing opposites, as, as they say, as far as the movies go. But I'm glad that I know that both movies actually made money, which was good. So, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed doing this podcast. As I said, I'm sorry it was a little bit short, but, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to do the comparison. I didn't want to do sound grabs of this and that. I just wanted to do a comparison of these movies. So I really hope you enjoyed it. As I said, once again, reach out to me, horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com. And in the meantime, as I say every single week, and I'll say one more time, until next week, I will creep you later. It gets bad on Friday the 13th, but it gets worse on Saturday the 14th. The Book of Evil! Evil? Evil. Richard Benjamin, Paula Prentice. We've inherited a house with a curse. Oh, come on, Mary. You know you don't believe in curses. Well, somebody did the dishes, and we're the only ones in this house. An innocent family driven absolutely batty. Just when you thought it was safe to look at the calendar again comes Saturday the 14th. The year's number one horror comedy spoof. God, look at all these owls. My name is John Hyatt, and I've got bats in my belfry. You know how many? We're charged by the bat. Hold it right there, man. Oh. No, 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 keep it away. No, thank you very much. I'd like to take a look at her neck. 
Well, if you don't trust me after 311 years of marriage... When I leave this house, there'll be nothing left here to be afraid of. Every shroud has a silver lining. So if you see every other chiller this year, you'll need Saturday the 14th. Oh, this must be a charming wife. Famine. War. Major pest control. Death! It's your chance to laugh at everything that ever scared you. Come on, Billy. Quit fooling around. Give me a kiss, darling. Oh, let me just see who that is. Back for that kiss. Be sure to see it before sunrise. Saturday the 14th.